Racers. Taylor, Evan, and I are wrapping up another amazing season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. And I could think of no other way to celebrate 10 years of RuPaul's Drag Race than by welcoming the original co-hosts of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap, Daniel Brewer and Donna Sugars! Job Tance, how are you this fine, fine morning? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Daniel. You look great, and Donna looks beautiful as always. And now, it is my distinct honor to tell you, the listener, that the conclusion of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10 starts now. Start your engines and may the best woman win! Oh! oh. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 10, Episode 14, titled Grand Finale. My name is Joe Batance, and I am joined, as always, by one skinny legend. From <laughs> the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Why y'all gagging till she bring it to you every ball? To Taylor... <laughs> to Taylor, the latte boy. Taylor, the latte boy, it's me and you. It's family. For the I was going to say, tonight it's just about family. Yeah. So, hello. Fine after All-Stars 3 and Season 10 and Cancer. Yeah. <laughs> we are finally here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a very, very big season for all of us here at RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. And Taylor, when was the last time you and I just did a show together? Uh, it, so I feel like it was sometime in the middle of the season. I, I feel, feel like we did one Patreon show. I don't, but I don't think the main show we've been together. I don't think we've been together since like episode two. Just us, just me and you. Really? Do you think it's been that long? I think so. I think it's been that long since it's, it's been just me and you. I think there's an episode with me, you, and Evan, right? Okay. But then we had to babysit that kid. You know. <laughs> now it's just me and you. It's it the parents' night out. As it showy should be. You know, which is so funny, because I was thinking about this today, and I was thinking, you know, we've, we've turned over a new leaf on this season, and I was having a very interesting conversation, you, and you work in mental health here, right? Yeah. I, I think you could help me with this. I have this weird condition, okay? Which is... Okay. When I'm blowing a guy... Okay? Oh, God, Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. There's nothing... Go ahead. There's nothing I love more... Then that guy just shooting his jizz load right in my mouth like a bowl, right? And I love it. I literally like gurgle that cum just right. It's just like I want it down my throat. I love it. I'm not even joking, Taylor. I'm not being funny. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, salacious in any kind of way. I love to drink cum. Okay. But here, this is where the- I want that as my text message <laughs> alert every time you text me. <laughs> but here is the question I have for you. Like I just told you, if, a, if I'm sucking a guy off, or even if he comes on his stomach and I immediately suck it off, like lick it off his body. Oh, my God. I okay, yeah. love it, right? But the second you put it on another, like a, I'm going to dish the cum or the cum on a spoon, that is vile to me. 
Oh, okay. Why did, is, is that? that uh, did that happen today? Did somebody come on a dish? And... I don't want to get into my personal life. <laughs> I'm just saying, if 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 someone's shooting cum in my mouth, I love it. Oh my god! But if they presented it to me on a dish or on a spoon, disgusting, vile. Don't want anything to do with it. Does it matter what the dish looks like? No. Nope. If it's a high, if it's like a paper plate, nope. Versus maybe a piece of high end Fiesta ware, nope. Maybe a color that 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 helps to accentuate the the colors of the semen. That doesn't matter at all. Nope. What if it's like one of those travel spoons that like grandmothers collect, like the little baby spoons that say Grand Canyon or Mount Rushmore? Oh, if they come onto that. Nope. If it's and if it's not, I, th- I don't know what it is. If it comes on another item, another material, except for the human body, like I'll lick it off an arm or a stomach. But if it's on a dish, even an eggshell, I don't care what it is. <laughs> I think it's disgusting and gross, and I want nothing to do with it. it makes me want to gag. Like even thinking about. Do you it, mean China? Gag. That's like eggshell, like no, an yeah. eggshell, like uh-huh. to, or an actual eggshell. Somebody came on an eggshell. Uh huh. At some point eggshell, in yeah. someone's life, again, mm-hmm. you don't want to get into your personal life. No, I don't want to get my personal life. So, so are you asking why that is? Yeah, I, I know you went to you know school. Did they did they <laughs> present this to you uh, on what it is? Well, think about well, it. This, th- well, this this is this was a whole chapter in my in one of my psychology classes in sure. grad school. Sure. Yeah. So okay. So so let me ask you a question. When you are blowing a guy, yeah, so uncomfortable right now. Um, what are your thoughts about yourself during that moment? What do you mean thoughts of myself? What are you thinking about yourself in that position, so to speak? I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about his dick. Okay, but are you thinking about how you are servicing the guy that you're blowing and how you want to please that person? I think there's an element of that. I'm not even going to lie. I just love <laughs> – <Ooh. laughs> Sorry. I have – that was my he glass just, full he of just, He just knocked over a cup. He was so excited thinking yeah. about it. He actually, his dick just knocked a glass right off the desk. <laughs> that was my cup full of cum that I just keep by the desk. <laughs> Welcome back from cancer. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure God is like. Oh, I'm so glad I saved. Taylor's life. Right, right. He, he so that he can finish. solve this very important problem yeah. that so many people go through when their partners come on flatware. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, Taylor wasn't finished on this planet, so I needed to send him back. And it was, <laughs> there was a light reason. and I was going towards it, but then I heard God say, no. Yeah. Joe will ask you a question. And Joe has a back. very important question for you. Yeah. And he needs to ask you that question. Taylor, how's everything else going with you? Things are going great. Things are going really good. Um, I had my pick line taken out yesterday, mm-hmm. which was fun. And uh, my energy is is back. And I've gotten skinnier. Yeah. I shouldn't say skinny, but I've gotten a lot thinner, which at one point was terrifying. But now I seem to have leveled out. So I'm I'm feeling good. And I'm getting lots of compliments at work. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor, let me tell you I'm this. Just- Taylor is wearing horizontal stripes with courage. Like there's not even like... Like, you know, like, I try to avoid horizontal stripes, but you were just, bitch, you were just working those horizontal stripes because you need to because the other day you turned around 
and I couldn't see you. You just turned to the side yes. and your profile. I couldn't see you like an old timey cartoon. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say I wear horizontal. I even at my largest, I wore horizontal stripes, and not ironically. I just love I love stripes. I, I love co- I love color blocks, and so. But I've noticed that. Well, the other day um, at work, I have an older African American grandmother who's one of my clients, and she came in for an appointment, and I adore this woman, and she said, "You look tired." Mm-hmm. So, and I said, "I'm not tired." I said, "I actually feel really good." given the last couple of months. And she's just like, no, something's, something's not right. And I'm like, I think it's, so I'm immediately thinking, okay, well, she can see something that I can't. And so we're having this conversation, this sort of like, early, and beginning, she goes, she goes, it's cause you're thinner. And I said, um, okay, well that might be it. She goes, yeah, she goes, you don't have that, that happy round fat face that you always had before. Mm-hmm. And I sort of went, thank you. And she just started laughing. And then I laughed too, cause it was totally fine. And then I had a guy tonight tell me who hasn't seen me in a while, um, who was there to see one of the other counselors, he goes, you've lost weight. And I said, yeah, I said, I have lost a bunch of weight just because I was I was sick for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, he goes, I can tell. He goes, your pants are way too droopy and your shirt's too big for you. Well, everyone like, in your world is very full of compliments. Yeah, that's sort of one of these where I'm like, there are these weird backhanded compliments. But you know what? At this point, I'll take them rather than people yelling suey at me when I walk past. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll take the skinny, skinny mini compliments. Now, Taylor, backhanded as they may be. Now, Taylor, you know we're we're wrapping up this season of RuPaul's Drag Race and also RuPaul's Drag Race recap. Were there any because yeah. you know, the, the people you know the people back at home they heard you last week with Evan, but they haven't heard me and you talking. Were there any big yeah. thoughts you had over the season? Any like, um, and you know what? We also never heard what what did your husband Babaloo also think of this season? Did he ever share with you his thoughts of the season? Yeah, he he definitely was very much a which we are to a much bigger degree he was very much an armchair quarterback after a show was over he would comment on who he thought should have won the lip sync or he would have thought about i don't understand why this person was in the bottom two um he was and is a big eureka fan um and he also after last week's show felt very bad for Cameron after the the kind of the the pile up that she got at the last couple minutes of the episode. He didn't understand why they would do that to her. And, you know, he's asking me for, because I guess because he figures because we do this podcast, I have all sorts of behind the scenes details. And I'm like, I don't know. She didn't talk to anybody. They didn't like it. They gave her grief about it. So I. Oh, does that happen? Do people think because you do a, a, a podcast about the show that you have behind the scenes details? He does. <laughs> no, I get. I think between too. the fact that I do the podcast with you and then you and I talk all the time, I think that's part of it that he thinks that you're giving me all of the tea. No, everyone should know that if I just if I just go like the finale, like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything about the finale. Yes. <laughs> or are you glad yeah. I didn't spoil anything for the finale? Yes, I am. Um, you had said that the only thing that wasn't a spoil, but it was something I was looking for, was that you said. There was a um, definite fail in one of the lip syncs. Yeah, that was uncomfortable to watch in the audience. Yeah, and we'll get I to have that. a feeling I know which one that was. Yes, it was. I'm going one, to go out on a limb. Season one and season ten mega mix lip sync. Yes, that was that was clearly it. That was the one that was really so, it was super awkward for everybody there. <laughs> Yes. So, okay, um, let me ask you a question, yeah. kind of starting off before we get started with things. Yeah. Watching it on TV mm-hmm. versus watching it in the – did you feel like it was – obviously, the effect is going to be much greater when you're there. 
but did it feel authentic to your experience having seen it live? Yes. In fact, surprisingly so. I was actually waiting with bated breath to watch how they handled uh, Asia's lip sync. Because, you know, from my vantage point, uh, it looked actually very similar to what you saw. But, you know, uh, and we can talk about this when we get to Asia's lip sync. It was a gigantic explosion on uh, the internet. In fact, as Evan and I, because they wouldn't let you bring your phone in. So when Evan and I finally got with our phones, when we connected with our phones and we turned them on, our phones blew up with listeners on Instagram or on Twitter or maybe that they have our numbers privately. They already knew by the time we left everything that happened. Okay. Because of the Reddit spoilers. And we were like floored, but it was the we'll get we'll I'll talk about it when we get to that part of the show. But it was Okay. It was not true to what Evan and I experienced. And I felt that the lip sync as we saw it was much truer to what we experienced. Uh also I know you have questions about the wheel. The wheel is something I'm asked about the most from drag race fans, and we'll get to that question. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, but other than that, other than snipping things for time, and we will, I'll, I'll address things as we go, and you can ask questions as we go. Uh, okay. It was actually very, 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 very true to what you saw in terms of what actually happened. Uh, there wasn't anything that I thought that you didn't see that you should have seen. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, this week, season one queens return to open the show and lip sync for their fans. Asia O'Hara wishes she could crawl up into a cocoon. Cameron Michael <laughs> may have been there. Um, Eureka humped the stage and Aquaria was crowned the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season 10. Taylor, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I can actually I, I can sum up the things that I liked within the first act of the show. I watched the first act of the show today while I was at work because mm-hmm. I was worried I wasn't going to get home in time. Um, so I can name the two things I like and the one thing I don't like just from that first 10 minutes. Really? Uh, yeah. The first thing that I liked was I loved that they brought back almost all of season one because mm-hmm. Tammy Brown wasn't there. I didn't yes. realize that until they showed all of the old clips that Tammy wasn't there. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved that there was kind of that honoring the honoring that group that came in when the show wasn't what it was and it could have been it could have been a huge train wreck. And it I liked that. I liked that they were all kind of in golds and and silvers and that kind of stuff. The other thing I liked, and this will save us time later on, mm-hmm. there was not a single look that i did not like i thought every single queen tonight looked fucking amazing they all brought their a game there wasn't anybody that i kind of went oh you know there it was it was that was just so great to see that and to not have somebody that was not going to be you know like like kind of disappointing um, the closest I would come to that would be the butterfly dress, but even that it was something different and, and that kind of stuff. The one thing I don't like is the same thing that I did not like l- during the finale of last year. And that is the, and this is going to be ironic because we just talked a minute ago about how you were seen on the show, yeah. but the cutaways to the audience, the extraness of so many of the audience people that were being filmed was, it was just gross. It was just something that I thought I, I, I don't want to look at them. I don't need to look at the crazy 
woman in the kimono screaming and yelling. I don't need to look at the weird, like Coco Peru red hair in the blue, you know, Asian inspired dress kind of doing the weird rocking back and forth. I don't need the, the, you know, the bears all screaming. And I, I don't want to, I don't need to see that Joey Grafecta or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to see my Queens. I want to see Rue. I want to see the, the, the people that I've watched the whole season, possibly guest judges that are in the audience. That would be the only thing that I would say that I really, really, really didn't like about the episode. Well, you know, okay, I want to address what you just said for, for a second. For, as a member of one of the people who was with his other co-host, Evan Ayers, seen in the audience, okay? One, they need those shots to, to edit things. Like I get that. They, they have to do a cutaway with the cutout time and stuff like that. Okay, one. Two, in terms of the extraness, uh, the first half hour that you're there is just them filming you in, and asking you to, to elicit different emotions. Okay. Right. I remember you telling me that last season too. So, so I, I get it. I think it's extra because they're saying, no, like pretend you just saw something really shocking, you know? And then they put it in as if you've just really experienced it there. Some of it they really did experience there, but you know, they have, you know, a lot of it is because they've just told them to act shocked. Or, like, clap, or you're, like, really excited. They tell you all the shots that they want. In fact, the one of me and Evan laughing, I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of those shots where I was just pretending to laugh at something hysterically and I wasn't really thinking it was that. I don't think it, I don't remember thinking the Judy Dench joke was that funny. Mm-hmm. You know? But they just inserted now, it. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's just sort of that, uh, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. It just felt very extra. And that might be if it's where, they're not genuine shots. It's everybody looks surprised and you've got some people that aren't actors that don't know how to act surprised without it being over the top that it just looks very, yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, obviously nobody can see what you just did, but he, but Joe acted overtly surprised. Joe acted Kristen Wiig throwing a surprise party on Saturday night live with that whole like, Oh my God, you know, which it just, some of the stuff just didn't link up, but I, that would, I mean, but on an hour and a half show, if that's the one thing that I really, really disliked, then I then it was a pretty successful episode of Drag Race for me. How about you? Okay, I'll tell you what I liked. I liked. Um, I still like. I know there's a very controversial. A lot of fans don't like it. I love the lip sync for the crown. Now maybe because I'm there, I've never just seen it yeah. as, a, as a viewer, but because I'm there, I just think it's so thrilling and so exciting. Okay, one. Okay, I, I still like it. I still love it. Everything. Uh, I also actually thought it moved really well, the whole show. Um, I thought, I thought okay. Was, because a lot of times, look, I mean, again, I think it's from the experience of being there. Those interviews with each of the queens, oh, those are fucking slogs to get through. I'm so bored. They, they're, they're much, in real life, they're like 10 times longer than what you see on TV. Okay? And they cut it down to like, you know, the two or three minute package that they have. But in real life, you're sitting there for 10, 15 minutes as she talks to, you know, Karen Michaels. Imagine that. Sitting there talking to Karen Michaels for 10 to 15 minutes. And so uh, I am a fan of how they cut that down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, and one thing I didn't like, this Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh, my God. She should not be doing any voiceovers. She sounded like she was at death's door. Well, she's got to be. In her late seventies at this point. How old do you think she is? We're gonna ask you. I'm looking. I'm looking look it up, up right now. Look it up. So okay. you, you you keep talking about yeah, how your well. hatred for Sally Jesse Raphael. 
Well, you know, we invited her on the show and she never responded. So, first of all, fuck that bitch. But two, it was like, what page grabbers is it dead? You sound like a Muppet. Can somebody please call my nurse? <laughs> anyway, what, do we have an age for Sally Jesse Raphael? She is 83 years <gasps> old. Wow. She sounds 86. <laughs> Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I get what they were trying to do with her. And supposedly I know she's a big fan, but I I was a little. okay. we we, we don't sound great, but yeah, no, 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 no. I'm trying to think of it. I I live for the looks and I just I just loved everybody's looks. You know, I also really liked the song. You know, I'm not even joking. Evan and I were driving around Los Angeles and bang. This is before the finale. And Bang Bang came on somehow on Spotify or somewhere and I told Evan, I know exactly where I was when I told him this too. I said, I can't believe this has not been a lip sync for your life song on RuPaul's Drag Race. Evan's not here, but he would back me up. This topic came up. And I, he, the only thing I said that might be different, Evan may have said that. One of us said that. One of us mm-hmm. said, may have, one of us said, I can't believe this hasn't been a lip sync for your life. Well, and it's funny because today I was in my office putting away, putting away charting. And I found on Apple Music, they have radio stations and they have one specifically for Pride Month that I found that's really good. And Bang Bang came on. And I remember thinking to myself, I love I forgot how much I love this song. So I was I was lip syncing in my office while I was putting away charting and doing the, you know, ah, with my hand up in the air and acting the fool. But so it's funny that they played that tonight. And you and I both had just comments within the last couple of weeks about how great that song is. Yeah, it is a really good song. Um, all right. This week, I just already said that. At the top of the show, RuPaul introduced the queens from season one, minus Tammy Brown, dressed all mm-hmm. in gold. The, the charter class of RuPaul's Drag Race opened the show with RuPaul's signature line. Uh, next, all of the contestants of season 10 walked the runway to show off their finale looks. At the end, RuPaul entered to officially start this season's grand finale, Taylor the Latte Boy. One, let me answer your question. Tammy Brown couldn't be there. She was on tour in Australia with Trixie Mattel. Okay. And I'm sure she was okay. like, fuck that. I'm not going to lose money just to go wave at people. You know? <laughs> Walk in nature with children. Yeah, I'm busy. yeah, she was busy walking children in nature. Uh, but yeah. other than that, uh, what were your thoughts on the everything all the way, you know, the first act? The looks of the the runway looks, the season one queens, how RuPaul looked, how she moved, how she commanded the stage, the dancers. Give it to us all. I loved – okay, as I said before, I love that they brought out all the old uh, season one queens. I shouldn't say old, but they brought out the season one queens. Yeah. And I loved the fact that – now, I'm going to say something that's going to sound shady, and uh-huh, I don't sure. mean it to. Sure. But a lot of the queens – have a style both either in makeup or just that you know the the looks that kind of stuff that is very 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and by that i mean it shows the transition just in the last 10 years of drag you know sees i thought just about all of them looked great i thought they all looked great to, to varying degrees um but when you see like you know you would have never seen a Aquaria. Well, maybe you would have seen an Aquaria, but you wouldn't have necessarily seen a Cameron Michaels or even a year. Well, 
there, there are various queens that you wouldn't have necessarily seen had you not had people like Nina Flowers or had you had people like Tammy Brown or even had you had people like uh, uh, Porkchop, mm-hmm. Porkchop Parker. You know, it's it's interesting to see how far the show has come in the come in the course of 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I really, really liked that. Uh, as I said, I loved I loved everybody's looks. I kind of really lived for Eureka's Scarlett O'Hara homage. Mm hmm. Um, and I, I'm trying to think, I, I honestly, the one that I was most worried about because she was so, I either loved her looks or did not like her looks this season was the Vixen. Mm-hmm. And I loved that gold and purple. I thought she looked so pretty and she looked so genuinely happy to be walking that runway. It, it made me happy for her for that moment. So, um, but I, I thought, I thought everybody looked great. You know the one um, thing I thought was homophobic, and, and I'm and anyone who's listening who's gonna who's gonna be mad at me about this, um, uh, I don't know. I was gonna apologize, but I'm not. Is I have a lot of insight just from being there, and one of the, I, the, and I've talked about this ad nauseum every season. I've been to every season finale since six. Is I hate that they level out the applause so that everyone's yeah. applause is exactly the same. Now I will say. Even the Vixen, no one got, like, the Alexis Michelle treatment from last year. Okay? <laughs> where suddenly a tumbleweed rolled past her on yeah, the stage. Where everyone all of a sudden arms were tired at once. But uh, I will say what they did that was homophobic was when Yuha released that fan, the crowd roared. You know? Okay. And also, I would have thought they would have kept in the whole entire auditorium shouting Vangie. They did a little bit, right? But like, yeah, I think they did. But they were the the whole theater was chanting Vanjie, and then when they stopped the music, then they, everyone got quiet, and she did her Miss Vanjie thing. But again, Yuha, come on, give Yuha a break. She deserves the the giant applause for the fan. I will say, I did think that that effect of of flopping the fan mm-hmm. would have gotten a larger reaction out of the of the crowd, and it did. So, but, yeah, so. But they leveled but she she looked amazing. I mean, she wasn't she was kind of the queen this season that you sort of forget was on the season until you watch the reunion or the, they show old clips of this early in the season. You're like, oh yeah, she was there. Um, mm-hmm. And but I I her look was amazing, absolutely amazing. So, uh, so other than Vanjie, who got a huge roar when they came out? The top four, you know, Aquaria, uh, uh, Cracker obviously got a huge roar. The closer, it, you know, it followed a traditional format. There were, again, apart from Yuha's fan, uh, there were no big surprises. It, it, you know, it gradually increased as you got closer to the top. You know, and nobody, nobody got who, who. I mean, you said nobody got the Alexis Michelle treatment, mm-hmm. but who probably got the least amount of applause? No one got the Alexis. Oh, cra- Calorie Kardashian Williams. Okay. Yeah, because you're going to have Vanjie getting a bunch of applause, and then you're going to have Calorie just, it just plummets. And but then after Calorie, and then again, Yuha fucks it up because she wasn't getting that much applause, and she does the fan thing. Mm-hmm. Dusty Ray Bottom gets a little more, and then, you know, after Dusty, then you have, uh, who goes after Dusty? Is it Blair? Yeah. Blair. Blair looked amazing too. Blair Blair looked great. Blair did look great, and it just it, it just gradually increased. There was no real again. There was see the problem that was Alexis Michelle's. Alexis Michelle was in the top five, right? You know, she was in fifth place, but she, but she was still she kind of played the villain at it right at the end. Yeah, which is about the time that they 
they aired that episode, right? Because I know that Cracker was all dressed in black like she was in mourning because when they showed that episode, she had just went home. Yeah. So that that might explain the Alexis Michelle thing, but also, you know, well, that doesn't explain Cracker because she said people loved Cracker. So Yeah. Everyone yeah, for everyone but Cracker didn't get like any kind of like Katya level applause or anything like that. It was just it just uh-huh. gradually increased. It, 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 the, the enthusiasm was equal. All right, let's okay. move on. Aquario. Now we're going to talk about, let's talk about Aquaria's, uh, you know, sit down with Rude. Do you have any big thoughts on that? Um, I know. I mean, I, I love the glasses look. I love the weird where it's clear in the eye, but then it kind of does the weird fade with the, with the, um, tool. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the interviews and I, I thought her answers were very pageant. Yeah. We're very much of the, where I, I'm assuming they probably prepare them to some degree with questions. Um, so they have, they have better answers, but the one, um, the one answer, I think the last answer that she had before they interviewed the parents was very, it just felt very, if I'm elected Miss teen USA, 1994, I will make sure that this happens kind of thing. Um, yes, again, being there, um, she gave a fine interview. Uh, I don't, you know, the, I will say of all the interviews, they chopped up hers the weirdest. It just seemed very mm-hmm. choppy. Uh, but, um, uh, it was, it was fine. I mean, I don't really have anything to be honest with you. I don't have much to say about any of these interviews. Maybe Aquaria, meh, the parents were fine. The parents were great. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it was one of these things where when, when Evan and I left the theater, we were talking to someone and they, and they said, oh, I heard that Aquarius parents were super awkward. And Evan and I didn't get that impression. I didn't get any impression like that in the audience or anything like that. So uh, it, people m- misconstrued. I don't know. People were like, it was almost like there were people who were on Reddit in the theater who were like trying to like start shit and make things up. But I mean, it yeah. was a very whatever interview. All right, next we have Asia. What were your thoughts on Asia's interview? Asia's Asia's statement of "I have to dress like a woman." I had to learn. I had to wear women's clothes to learn how to be a man. I mm-hmm. thought was a very telling statement. Um, as far as it, that, that kind of tells her story in a nutshell, in yeah. some ways, and the comments that she made as far as the learning to care for other people through her mother, and um, it, it, it was a it was a nice interview. Um, I, I feel like the fact that Rue kind of hit her with that question that, that, that got her upset, I, I, I don't like that, but I, but I mean, I thought her answers were very, um, polished mm-hmm. and, and spoke very much to who she is. It, it's, she's, she's, she's an amazing queen. She's an absolutely amazing queen. And again, another look, I, I have, I feel like of the four that look between Aquaria, Asia, Eureka, and Cameron, I feel like that look was the most flawless. That look, her makeup was amazing. Her teeth were amazing. Everything about the dress. Hers was the most on point, I think, of the four of them. You know, being there again, being there, uh, I remember clocking that ruse. Rue made that VH1 joke where they tried... They tried to fix it and like make it was very very awkward in there in person because I think Rue wasn't reading the room correctly so it was like she she makes that joke about did they have VH1 in heaven and then it is a long pause and Asia just starts crying 
you know, and they 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 chopped it up a little bit to make it as least uncomfortable as possible. Yeah, but it was actually an uncomfortable moment. And then you know she was Asia was very very emotional, and uh, and but they again they portrayed it pretty. They did they did a very good version. They did a good, very good job portraying that moment in a chopped down for TV kind of way. Okay, Eureka, Eureka's interview with RuPaul. What was your thought on that? Again, a, 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 a good interview that kind of speaks to who she is. Uh, the idea that she, that her mother was there and was able to see her perform that was mm-hmm. that was nice. Um, I I guess the the idea that she was going to take the money to pay off the de- her mother's debts mm-hmm. was kind of the one thing that really kind of spoke to me as far as a it made me root for her even a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, like I watched an episode of Chopped last night. Yeah, I'm going somewhere with this, and there was a guy on there that part of the re- it was Chopped Chopped Champions, and he wanted to win the fifty thousand dollars because he had a son, a teenage son who had cerebral palsy, and he wanted to buy him a new wheelchair. Oh my god! So immediately, then at that point, I'm like, well, I want this guy to win. This is you know because everybody else is like, you know, oh, I might take some time off and go to the Himalayas and learn how to, you know saute goat or something you know something like that it was all very just whereas this guy was like i'm trying to do this for my son and also set up you know i can want to buy him a wheelchair and set him up with um some savings Mm -hmm. for you know his care later on in life so but that guy didn't win we were spoiler alert but no he didn't win but um you know so so the fact that eureka would say something like that just felt very very her from when we met her mm-hmm. from, from when you and I interviewed her this time last year, you know, I, I was, I've never not liked Eureka this entire season. There were times she was annoying, mm-hmm. but there's always been a part of her that I have enjoyed watching her journey. Yeah. And this felt like right up to the lip syncs. This was her, this was a nice bow for her journey. You know, it, I was going to pull it for the show, and I actually have the, the, the audio isolated. I just didn't turn it into an MP3. But when you when I introduced Eureka, I said, you know, from season nine and the future, you know, the future winner of season 10, Eureka. And she says, you know, don't say that. Don't, you know, don't curse me or something like that. You know, knock on wood or something like that. And I said, well, look, I'll say this. And I'm making a prediction. I said, you're going to go very, 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 very far. I can say that. And I was like... Go Joe, calling it like Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I'm fat. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> with Eureka, like yeah, you know Eureka. It, there there were moments, and I think it played even worse on TV, where it sounded like she was turning on the waterworks uh, for for the television. Yeah, like, I got the same sense when I was at season seven. I got the same sense from uh, Ginger Minge too. You know, mm-hmm. uh, where they, they, they're, it seems like they're trying to manipulate the waterworks. They're trying to go for that. And it seems like we're being sort of, uh, manipulated. And I, I don't know if I was a big fan of that. So, and, it, and I think it played even worse on TV. Uh, I'm not saying it wasn't genuine. It just sort of came across as like, here I go. I'm going to cry now. And so you feel sorry for me and give me the crown. By the way, has that worked? $100,000. But has that worked for any contestant? Like they go on there with their sob story and they win the crown? Has Bob. anybody with a sob story won the crown? Bob. What was his sob story? About his mom. His mom getting sick and, and, and getting sicker and sicker. 
Mm. <laughs> Not hmm. Bob did win season eight. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't know that Bob said he was going to take the money and spend it on his mom, but I mean, that was that is a story that I remember from a contestant. You know, mm-hmm. from all all of the mirror moments and stuff like that. That is one that I remember. Um. All right. Well, look, I've been corrected. Cameron Michaels, your thoughts, Taylor the Latte Boy. Cameron Michaels came off as very. That was felt like a very awkward. Felt like a very awkward interview. Um, and I, I, I loved, I loved Cameron's grandma. Cameron's grandma was very, very cute. Yeah. Uh, there was something where that, that almost felt like a, I'm supposed to cry because they have my grandmother up there and, Mm -hmm. and Cameron didn't or couldn't or wouldn't for whatever reason. Yeah. Like that felt like the, that felt like the moment when you've got this little old lady that was the father, that was the mother to your father saying she loves you even with her voice cracking at the very end that that felt like if ever there was going to be a moment for a queen to cry on camera that was it so the fact that cameron didn't was a little like oh. well look <laughs> look i wouldn't be surprised if there was some anger thrown in there what they didn't show on tv and what cameron said as soon as they came back his grandma didn't know he was a dry queen and i think the grandma may have uh taylor evan and i talked about it on the show but she may not even know he was gay so he, I think he was very like, how, what, you know, like, it, I think it was like, like, what, what is this? You know, what's happening? Well, she said, I've watched you on Drag Race. I know. And he seemed genuinely shocked. Uh, well, maybe they just had a cue card and said, just read this. Look into the camera and read this. Maybe. I, I, and my, I also race? I He's also... a race car driver, ma'am. Just... Me- Grandmama Cameron, here, just just read this cue card, and then we'll be on our way. That could be true. I I also don't. I may not be remembering it correctly, uh, but there was an element of surprise at not knowing that the grandma had, had watched or something. He seemed a little perturbed by that. Okay. Um. All right. Well, that look. I I thought Cameron was super boring when I was there, and it was. I I again, kudos to the editors for making it even as interesting as it was. I remember being particularly restless when they were recording that. After the interviews, we were treated to a history of RuPaul's Drag Race as immediately <laughs> following that segment, RuPaul introduced a mega mix of her music that paired season one queens with season ten queens. Taylor, your thoughts: one on the history of the show, two. Uh, on the Mega Mix season one and season ten, queens being paired off in the lip sync. I I like that there was the ones versus tens, so to speak. I would have liked to have seen queens from all ten seasons and mixing them up. It didn't have to be season two queens doing a season two song. Mm-hmm. It could have just been where they they mixed them with a um, either a current queen or just kind of just kind of had a big old mishmash. Which I found that. I found it interesting that watching the episode, it didn't seem like there were a lot of previous contestants there. It didn't seem yeah. like there was as many as we've seen in previous years. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is with this new schedule that they have, they don't. The problem they have is it used to be in the old days when you used to see a lot of former queens there is they would film it in very early May. And the problem is now uh-huh. they're coming in early June, which is pride season. And that's like the fucking. That's the Christmas for drag queens. I mean, that's when they're their busiest. You know, yeah. when they're getting their big gigs, when they're working pride parades. And so I think if they want to have a lot of contestants there, then they're going to have to move it back to early May. 
uh, especially if they want the, the the marquee ones. They're gonna have to move yeah. it to like early May. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna get around that. But maybe it also could be they don't don't give a shit. Like well, and I know that there's there there is my, my first thought with this was I know that some queens there's some bad blood between them and RuPaul at this point. So I was wondering if that's becoming the new in thing to do is to you know I'm on Drag Race, but then I don't have anything to do with the show afterwards unless I'm contractually obligated to it. No, I think what it is is I think World of Wonder is there's a lot of former contestants. This is my guess. There are a lot of former contestants. Now we're having oh, well over a hundred now. You know, we're in like we're close to 150 at this point, aren't we? I figure you average 13 or 14 yeah, queens a season. Like We've had 10 seasons, yeah, 130 or so. And yeah. so, uh, what you have is 130 queens. World of Wonder is not going to pay for all of them to come in. They're not going to pay for their accommodations. They're not going to pay for them to fly in. Not all of them. And then, how do you choose who you pay for? So, I think ultimately, you understand something at DragCon. They don't pay the queens to be at DragCon. The queens pay to be at DragCon. Oh, the, no, I know. Yeah. I know that. And I think World of Wonder starts you. They're like, you want to come? We'll give you a ticket, but you're going to pay for your own fucking airplane fee. You know, unless, the season one queens, I'm sure they paid for it. But, like, the one if you're not in the show, like, get yourself over here and you can come in. But, yeah, we're not paying for you. And so I think they're like, I'd rather work and make money. And the, so it seems, yeah. it seems the ones who show up are the ones who are thirsty and trying to, like, impress World of Wonder and maybe hopefully get on the All-Stars 4. So you have, like, a pheromone there. Madame Lequeer was there. James Mansfield was there. There were a lot of... There were Which outlet- one was Madame Lequeer? Ooh, the one from season four? No, I, I know. I remember who Madame Lequeer is from season four, but where was she in the audience? Oh, you didn't. I don't know if they showed her. How sad, how huh? she paid. Okay. Isn't that sad? She paid to be there. They may have shown her. I don't even know. There were a lot of queens okay, who were there that, like, I, I don't even know if they showed them or not. Because, you know, when they do, like, oh, a fan question, they film about three or four per queen. So there were 12 queens that asked questions. You know, on Patreon, I'm going to release uh, 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 something that Evan and I recorded ourselves by ourselves just to document our appearance there about what happened mm-hmm. after the finale and so i'm going to release that on patreon afterwards and we talk about who was there there was a particularly awkward moment with pandora box where pandora box was trying to be really funny and she really pissed off rue like you tell rue was like very very annoyed with her and was like can you just get to the question it was like it was very uncomfortable i'm feeling very uncomfortable and uh <laughs> It, it was very uncomfortable in the room, and they know they didn't show Pandora Box. Did you see Pandora Box in the audience? No. Yeah. So there were a lot of these. Alexis Mateo was there. She asked a question. So there were a lot of these queens that they're trying to get an All Stars four. They're trying to like uh, you know impress World of Wonder, and um, it's just to varying degrees of success. It, it's actually kind of sad now. But again, like if they did it in May. I bet you a lot of more queens would go, but I think right now the queens are like, I'm going to make money. I'm not going to pay to go help World of Wonder do this finale. And once again, I don't think World of Wonder really cares that much. Uh, anything, any other thoughts here on the history of Drag Race or the Mega Mix? No, I think I, think I, I, think I spoke my truth there. All right. Next, the final four contestants were brought out for a spin of the wheel to determine who would lip sync first. After that spin, the, kneel, the needle landed on Cameron Michaels, who challenged Asia O'Hara. Taylor, you have questions about the wheel. I have. Uh, well, OK, my question, my first question is the same question I asked last year, which is I feel like the wheel, somebody is standing behind the wheel, stopping it when it gets to a particular queen. No, and I'll tell you why. Two reasons, and this will come up a lot during today's episode. We're going to have a lot of inside tea 
during the lip syncs and whatnot. One, and they do this for television, the wheel spins for a lot longer than you see on television. Almost kind of think Price is Right or something. It spins for a long time and the audience is going crazy and they're cheering. They're like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And like, no, no, stop. And, um, and so it, it, they cut it for TV. They cut to those reaction shots so they can make it shorter. Otherwise, it'd be really boring television. Another example, too, is yeah. when Cameron won. Oh, my God. Cameron could not make a fucking decision to save her life for, I'm going to say, a good two or three minutes. Could not decide who she was going to pick. And Really? Oh, my God. It took forever. You know, like like when Trinity was chosen last year... Dude, the way it was on TV was exactly how she did it. She, like, stepped forward and she said, I challenge Peppermint, right? And this one, like, Cameron was going to the audience, asking for the audience to tell her. She's like, what? Who? I mean, girl, it took forever. And the wheel took forever. That's annoying. Yeah. And then she challenged Asia. Now, I'm going to argue, and we'll do it when we get to the lip sync, I'm going to argue that the wheel landing on Cameron was production's biggest nightmare. Well, their nightmare, okay, nightmare number one was it lands on Cameron. Worst case scenario, mm-hmm. right? Worst case, worst case scenario number two is that Cameron challenges Asia. I think that was their nightmare. And I think that's why we see the battle royale for the crown is, and we'll get, we'll get to this when we get to the lip syncs. Production wanted it to be Aquaria versus Eureka in the, in the final lip sync. That was their dream. And okay. we will talk all about this when we get to the lip syncs. You can, and, and there's stuff from behind the scenes that you don't see that really kind of supports my point. But I think the worst case scenario for them was Cameron getting that uh, that needle and challenging Asia. And that's what, exactly what happened. And they had to deal with that. Uh, I am but, intrigued. I want to I know yeah. more about that. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have one particular question mm-hmm. about not so much about the wheel, but that particular scene. Yeah. When you watch it on TV, mm-hmm. Eureka looks pissed through that entire segment. She looks sad or pissed off about something. And when Eure- when Cameron picks Asia, Eureka looks, I don't know if the word is disappointed mm-hmm. or pissed off. She has a look on her face that I thought was very, very interesting. And is there anything that that speaks? Does that speak to anything that we didn't see as TV viewers? No, not that I see. Not that I picked up when I was there. Maybe she was nervous. A lot of the queens looked nervous uh, okay. when I was there, but I didn't get a sense that she was pet mad. I, mean, I had to watch the episode again. There's stuff that the camera will pick up that I didn't see. But from where I, my vantage point in the theater, I didn't pick up that Eureka was pissed. Now there were certain people that um, you know. I don't think I put in here. So we can, let's talk about it right here. I didn't put miscongeniality in here. So let's talk about miscongeniality. They didn't really show it, and I have to go back to study it. Mm-hmm. But when Monet won Miss Congeniality, Miss Cracker looked pissed. Oh no, you you they did show that. They showed it when she came when Monet went back to her area where she had been standing before. Cracker is in the background and looks salty. She is a salty cracker standing back there. She looks pissed off that she did not get miscongeniality. Well, she looked pissed the whole night, I'll be honest with you, when we saw her. Where uh-huh. Evan and I were sitting when the queens went back and forth to go anywhere. they had We were sitting in the same sex, uh, section that the queens were, but we were behind them. 
So when they would walk by, they'd always walk by by you in camera. And Cracker just looked pissed the whole time. Anytime she was on stage, she looked pissed. She looked. She didn't want to be there. She looked. She was forced to be there. And during that Miss Congeniality segment, she looked pissed the entire time. And afterwards, there was like these weird moments. I think there's a part where like all the queens are congratulating Monet, and she's just standing there and just bitter and angry. And Evan and I clocked that we were talking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other questions about the wheel or that segment or Miss Congeniality? Anything like that? Now, Miss Congeniality, I, I we were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. We thought for sure it would go to Vanjie or Crack or something, even though Babalu and I loved Monet the entire season. And we were very, very sad to see her go. I, that, that felt like a right decision. That, that felt like that was what should have happened. And again, that's another example of Monet winning and the Vixen looking so happy for her in the background. Well, like there, there was a, she seemed genuinely happy that Monet got miscongeniality. For those of you that don't know what RuPaul was referring to, was when they did the online voting for Miss Congeniality, a bunch of what I assume are gay trolls, but definitely trolls, uh, rigged the voting, and it would giving it was giving like people like the Vixen like forty million votes, or something like that, or like I think maybe Yuha had a like thirty million, but like there were these crazy numbers that were going back and forth, but it it, it was all fucked up because the trolls were fucking with it. So what they did was they instead went to and they had the queens vote for the Miss Congeniality themselves. Which they should do that every year. Yeah. Well, that's how, it, that's how it is at a beauty pageant, usually. It's the other queens voting for Miss Congeniality. Right. So, so that it doesn't turn into, well, you've got that this year, and then you've got the Valentina thing last year. Mm-hmm. Which we didn't even talk about Valentina with the weird, I'm calling from Brussels. It's me, Valentina, or wherever the hell she was. Yeah. That it just, it just watching her now, I just sort of made a face <laughs> the whole time. I just, I made a face like, somebody put rotten deviled eggs out on the coffee table that we were sitting at. I just, well, as I, you've made it very clear, you're racist against Latinos. All right. Clearly. First up, Asia O'Hara clearly. faced off against Cameron Michaels in a lip sync battle for the crown. The song. Give me a beat. Nasty by Janet Jackson. Asia tried to pull some stunts that failed, and Cameron was boring, but in the end, Cameron was still named the winner of the lip sync challenge. All right, Taylor, go ahead. I feel like there's a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts on this lip sync. Um, I, yeah, I liked Cameron's lip sync. I actually thought that she, she did really good, but I kind of liked the look. I liked the hair. There was something very 80s about the whole ensemble, so I enjoyed that. It felt like it matched. Um, Asia, it, it was so, it was, it was clear from almost the beginning. She was realizing this was not going the way she wanted it to go. Yeah. She had, she had a, a, a great idea. Poor execution would be the best way to describe that. Really starting from the weird balloon breasts that she had going on. Um, I, I, I get that we all feel like, and by we, I mean future top four, top two, whatever, are going to try to have to out Sasha, Sasha. But sometimes it's really more about a good lip sync or a great lip sync. And I would definitely, I mean, just without the butterfly issue alone, I would give this one to Cameron. I thought Cameron definitely 
assassinated Asia in that regards, just from performance, just from lip syncing, that kind of stuff. Because at one point, it kind of looked like Asia either didn't know the words or like got mixed up for a second. For a split second, she sort of had that moment. So I want to know what it was like being in the audience. We'll see watching this. All right. First of all, it was confusion. No one knew what the fuck she was doing. There is a little bit of stuff that they did with the editing, just a tiny, 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 tiny bit. So let me ask you this question before I get into it. What was your mm-hmm. impression what was supposed to happen? I didn't understand. I figured when she opened the the first bracelet and she kind of blew on it, I was expecting glitter or I was expecting something like that. And it wasn't until I... I wasn't until she did something where she hit her dress and a butterfly, like one of the fake butterflies flew off that I'm like, Oh God, she's got live butterflies in her dress. That's what this is about. Um, and then when she kind of was ripping off her breasts, but then nothing was like, it, if you're going to have a moment like that, where you're ripping off the top of your top of your dress, it has to be like when Sasha lifted the wig and tons of petals came out. So I'm expecting almost like, you know, <laughs> Like the t-shirt guns at a basketball game, but I want it to be like live butterflies flying out of that thing. And the fact that nothing was really coming out of it, and then the butterflies that were coming out of it, like she had these weird saggy nets that they were all trapped in, and they kept showing them on the ground. So then my immediate thought is, okay, so butterflies are going to be killed live on a stage when Cameron stomps past them or Asia stomps. The whole thing was just very... Like you, you, you didn't want to look at it. Like it wasn't even like a train wreck. It was just something where you're like, when you watch a friend in like a performance and they're really bad and you don't want to watch it, but you also feel like you kind of have to sit there because you don't want to get it, walk away from them because you want to support them. That, that is what it felt like watching Asia from my vantage point. I can't imagine what it was like sitting in the, on that stage. Um, well, look, from watching it, we didn't know what was going on, you know? I will say, you did see a few butterflies fly away when we were sitting there, especially from the watch. I remember a couple of butterflies flying out. And actually, the butterflies posed sort of a problem later. In fact, as I, as I told people later, um, maybe actually the best thing that happened to uh, Asia was that the butterflies didn't happen. Because... The three or four butterflies that were flying around were causing a big problem for production. They're flying into the lights. They're flying into the camera. They're flying all over the place. Can you imagine if hundreds of butterflies were flying all over that fucking theater? Yeah. On a TV show? Oh, my God. RuPaul would have decapitated Asia O'Hara right there. (laughs) The other thing I said was... She would have slapped her again. Even if it would have worked, I think she would have lost because as you saw, and you kind of get the good sense of this, the whole time she was just fussing with the stunts. Yeah. You know, it wasn't lip syncing. It was now I'm doing a, an, an effects show, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't about her lip syncs. It was about the magic tricks she was going to do on stage. And That's a really good point. It wasn't a lip sync. And it, and it was very clear. It was very uncomfortable. Now, one of the things you should know, and they don't show this on TV, is so... RuPaul leading up to this lip sync was in a really good fucking mood. She was probably mm-hmm. one of the best moods I've ever seen her at a finale. Usually she's kind of testy. But she was in a really good mood. She was joking with the audience. Her niece was there. When, cause, so what happens in real life is when she says, assume the position, and then they walk forward, and then she goes, uh, and 
the time has come for you to lip sync, and then they all walk forward. What really happens mm-hmm. is then they stop the camera, and then RuPaul walks the long way around the stage. Someone helps her down the stairs. Then she walks through the audience to her chair, and then sits there. And then they start all over again, right? And that probably- which, by the way, that was a horrible angle of her. Oh the lighting and everything was that weird, like kind of above her, sort of where it looked almost like somebody's security camera was the sit at their front step was looking down there and she's delivering something from Amazon. It yeah. was not both times I went, ah, oh, like, I mean, there was no gloss to it. No, no, anything just not the, not the best angle for mother Rue. Yeah. So then, um, so the, the lip sync happens and after every lip sync, by the way, RuPaul is whisked away and she's whisked away for a certain amount of time on a normal lip sync. She's gone for maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. Okay. This one, she was gone for about half an hour. Okay. And what we were all talking about is we were like, I think they they can't refilm the lip sync. You know, I don't know what mm-hmm. they, what they we were like. What is she going to do? Right. And she comes back, and the whole time, by the way, the whole 20, 30 minutes that RuPaul's gone, Cameron's just like you know being just standing there. But Asia has, and you they kind of show it in moments, which makes me think they were filming Asia. She has this vacant yeah. stare. And mm-hmm. I was staring at her for a long time. It was heartbreaking because it's a stare like I just ruined like I've been doing this for almost 20 years and now my entire career will be defined by this. Horrible, yeah. horrible moment. I you you got that watching it on TV where she recognized immediately I mean the way they edit it where it makes it look like it's you know, RuPaul magically appears back on the stage, but mm-hmm. she looked completely defeated at the end of that. And yeah. it was very sad to watch her. Yeah. And so then when RuPaul comes back, RuPaul's mood is decidedly different. She's not joking with the audience. She walks in and she's like, okay, let's do this. And she gets ready and she just sends uh, Asia home. And in between takes after that, there's no talking to the audience. It's almost like a funeral. Like the mood has dropped. The 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 mm-hmm. what was like a party is now like a funeral. Awake, uh, yeah, it's awake. Thank you. And mm-hmm. it's like you can t- you can feel the tension. You can feel the cruise tension. It's not cute, right? And then they bring out and let's go- wait before we move on to Eureka and Aquaria. Do you have any questions? Any thoughts? Is, is there anything I missed that you want to hear from me about Aqua- Asia versus Cameron? No, I think that that was. I think we pretty much nailed it as far as Cameron clearly should have won. Um, and Asia, it was just a very sad. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a sad moment. You're right. This will, unfortunately for uh, quite a while will define her where jokes will be made tomorrow. Twitter will be all about butterflies. Well, it was already happening after the finale. Uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis posted, <laughs> Posted a picture of a butterfly, and then she quoted uh, Sissy That Walk with fly, 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 uh-oh, uh-oh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the things I want to correct. We, I mean, I couldn't tell what was going on. I think the reason they put the shots of the butterflies alive is uh-huh. 
and when we when we when Evan and I left the theater, the the, the rumors were already like, oh my god, and I was telling everyone like, wait till you, I want to see how they cut this. From what I could see, it didn't seem that crazy, and it, mm-hmm. it, it bore out to be true. But you were hearing this like. It was immediate urban myths were happening that there was a massacre of butterflies, that there were butterfly <laughs> corpses all over the stage, that Cameron and Asia were stomping on butterflies, and that PETA was going to get involved, and it was just like a, a, a butterfly holocaust, you know, on yeah. that stage. And I was like, no one got that. That's sense. a great drag name. Butterfly Holocaust? Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, Miss Butterfly Holocaust. It should be. Tra- right. Trademark Tale of the Latte Boy 2018. Yeah. Calling it now. And by the way, uh, for any uh, people from the Anti-Defamation League, that was Tale of the Latte Boy that said that, not Jumpa Tans. All right. <laughs> Next, Eureka faced off against Aquaria in a lip sync battle for the crown. The song uh, was this one, If, by Janet Jackson. I think it was a weird on the pick, but... In the end, RuPaul told both girls, Shantae, you stay, setting the stage for a lip sync battle royale for the crown. Taylor, your thoughts on the song, the lip sync, uh, Eureka versus Aquaria. If is one of my top 10 favorite songs of all time. Oh, really? Yes. I yelled when she said well first when they said two janet jackson songs because i love the whole whitney houston thing last year that yeah. they were they picked a particular queen mm-hmm. so when she said two of my favorite janet jackson songs, babalu and i both went "Ooh, like that's that's good and when the, nasty i'm not as bit nasty is not one of my favorite janet jackson if oh my god I, I actually was like yes when when i heard it because i'm like eureka's an amazing uh, raising lip syncer we haven't really seen Aquaria, but we know that she's got talent. One of my favorite songs. This is going to be this is going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, back in my Twink days, I used to know all of the choreography to this. I can't do it anymore because I would break a hip. Um, but I thought I'm going to say something controversial. Sure. Right now, mm-hmm. it should have just been Eureka. Aquarius should have been sent home. Well, that's not controversial. So, um, in the theater, we're going to talk about this. In the theater, after that lip sync, the whole theater was shouting and chanting, Eureka, Eureka, Eureka. I think that's yeah. why Aquarius was emotional when it was a Shantae, both a double Shantae. Because I think Eure- mm-hmm. Aquarius in her head was like, I'm done. Yeah. Right? Because the theater was chanting Eureka. The whole theater. It was. It was just such... I mean, just the, you, you knew because of that weird Muppet fur thing that she was going to have a reveal under that. So I wasn't expecting the hair, mm-hmm. the hair to pop off. And then when she did the when she did the reveal, you know, OK, I'm expecting that. But then when she started to walk back to the back of the stage, I'm like, no, bitch, she has a third look under there. That's awesome. And then it was that tight legging. And you knew she was eventually going to do the, the death drop, the the, the split. I just uh, Eureka uh, Aquaria one Aquaria was doing the choreography from the video so that's all well and good but that's you're really you're trying to make a song your own you're not just trying to do the Janet Jackson moves mm-hmm. two when she wasn't doing that there was something very spastic about her like it was very much it it, it wasn't enjoyable to watch it was almost like where you just sort of kept like dodging and weaving while you were watching because you expect her to kind of 
hit something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I didn't enjoy, and I didn't like the look. I didn't like the weird look with the spikes and then the uh, pulling off the pulling off the top ones and then there being the little nipples at the end. Mm-hmm. Just, just not. You know, I, it should have been just Eureka. Well, this is again. This is you know. I think you got a good sense of what the people in the theater were thinking when when uh, when RuPaul went backstage again. We were all talking amongst ourselves in the audience, and we were thinking, "Yeah, it's Eureka." And one of the things I was saying and um, talking to people about was, I was like, "This must be RuPaul's biggest nightmare." Just before she said anything, and I was like, "Because now it's gonna now we know because what we said we're like, oh well, Eureka's the winner of season ten. You know, yeah, there you go, the winner of season ten, Eureka O'Hara." And we were, we were, uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. We were, we were like, we didn't expect that. And, and I, and I'm anticipating that people will say it was rigged. And I'll tell you why I know it wasn't rigged. Okay. Is, okay. well, I think like, I, okay, this is what I think. Like I told you earlier, it was clearly a worst case scenario that Cameron landed on the wheel. And then okay. even worse that she challenged, um, Asia, and I think they were maybe hoping. Well, if Asia pulls it out, and I think that's why I think that's why RuPaul was pissed because they were like, okay, well, maybe Asia wins, and then it's still a decent battle because it's Asia versus whoever wins between Aquaria and Eureka. Okay, okay, and I think RuPaul was in a pissed off mood because she was like, I I can't have Cameron Michaels be in a one on one lip sync for the crown. She's so fucking boring, right? Uh-huh. So she comes out and she the so what from our vantage point we could see RuPaul's teleprompter. Okay? And RuPaul okay. everything RuPaul says is on the teleprompter. When RuPaul announces who the that is a double chante, that's not in the teleprompter. The teleprompter says um it, it always is a blank for the name, but it says blank chante you stay or in and blank, you know, sashay away, you know, whatever the whatever she said for, you know, uh, Asia and Eureka. I'm talking about Asia and okay. Cameron. And that was what's on the teleprompter, but Ru- what RuPaul said didn't match the teleprompter. Okay. Okay. And so she said, Shantae, you both stay. And the theater went ape shit. They were like, oh my God, oh my God. This is what I think happened. I go, I think they go back with the with the producers, and the producers are, we can still do this. We can do a battle royale lip sync, and that saves the show. Because otherwise, we're just handing it to whoever wins this. In other words, that essentially made that lip sync really the lip sync for the crown. You know? Right. Because you're not going to make Cameron Michaels the, the winner of season 10. So yeah. she goes, if we do a double Shantae, or the, one of the producers, I'm sure the producers were like, then we, we get it back. And I'm telling you, this is what re- another reason why I think this is true. After they did this double Shantae, RuPaul was in a super good mood again. She got back to her okay. super good mood. Once it was a double Shantae, she was in a super good mood again, started joking with the audience again, sassing it up, and it was amazing, you know? And so... Uh, I think this is something that they decided they, they called an audible to use a sports term backstage. And we're like, we're going to, even though Eureka won that lip sync, we are going to do a double Shantae because we need to save this television show and we need to save this finale. So that's what I think happened. Uh, and then the, her, her mood returned again. Any other thoughts on this uh, lip sync between Eureka and Aquaria? Any questions, any thoughts? 
No, that that's a very interesting behind the scenes thing. And, and I'm glad for that. I guess I don't, well, we're, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I guess I don't understand why if, if it was really kind of Eureka, but they wanted to keep Aquaria in to keep things interesting, why Eureka didn't win the crown at the end. But well, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. You're getting ahead of yourself. I do want to talk yeah. about a few things here is I want to do a Patreon talk here. We'll make it brief because it's the end of the season. Uh, if you're listening, if you haven't still signed up for Patreon and you love RuPaul's Drag Race recap, let me just give you a brief run. Let me tell you what's there now. I don't even know if Taylor knows about this. Um, I listened last week and I was like, I had a lot to say about the Vixen. So I wanted to get in. I wanted to have a conversation with somebody about the Vixen, right? And everything that happened with that uh, reunion last week. So mm-hmm. I called a friend of mine. Was something controversial said? Nothing was controversial. I just, I just wanted to talk about it. So I'm kidding. I'm being oh. sarcastic. I called my friend Jamila Zara. Mm-hmm. Right? Because here's what did get me thinking was we I think we've been remiss in having people of color on this show. Yes, I'm a person of color, but listen, you hear my voice, I don't sound like a person of color, right? And I thought, how do you get more opposite than Evan Ayers, right? You get a straight black woman on the show. So I interviewed Jamila Zara. We talked about the Vixen. We talked about the reunion. That's available right now to all of our Patreon supporters over at Patreon. It's an amazing... Have you listened yet, Taylor? Oh, no, you're really behind because you were sick. I am really, really behind on all podcasts, but particularly this one. Yeah. So, but if you have... It's such a good interview, Right, it's such a good interview. In fact, it's so good. I'm thinking about next season having Jamila, and she's already down for this, and my cousin Natalie, who is a straight Mexican woman, having their own show where they talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. I think that'd be fucking fabulous, right? Okay. And I'm thinking about having that as a Patreon show next season. But uh, you can go listen to that right now. Also, Evan and I are going to do an episode where we then share our thoughts and the differences between the finale that aired and what we saw. I'm also going to release, you know, immediately after we went to the finale, Evan and I sat down and recorded an episode that we never released because we wanted to have our immediate thoughts about the finale fresh in our mind. We recorded, mm-hmm. I'm going to release that tomorrow, and Evan and I are going to record an episode about our different our feelings and the differences between the finale and what we saw and what aired. Those are going to be on Patreon, Okay. Okay. Then, and I don't know if people know this, we're, so we're taking, the, the show is taking July and August off. And the Patreon supporters will not be charged for July or August. But back in September, is that's when we're going to do our Season 7 recap. It's when we're going to release our Dragula recap, which is already recorded. It's um, And also, we're going to do, for the time being, we are going to air Girls on Film, a show that I do with my friend Michael... And that's where we talk about films that are mainstream films that gay guys love. Girls on film. That's going to be on Patreon. So much content is going to be on Patreon in the off season. You're going to miss out because this. If you don't go on Patreon, this is the last time you're hearing us for at least. Well, I don't know when the next season comes on, but I'm assuming six months. You know, six, yeah. seven months. So if you're you're and so look, come back in September. No one's nothing's happening in July and August. But join. Come back at Patreon in September. You know, join at the one or two dollar levels. And do we want to announce the other thing that we talked about today? 
Well, we can, but let's let's be tentative about it. Okay. So also, so we were we were going to have a gag worthy guest today on the show, right. but she got detained at work. Um, Donna Sugars, original one of the original co-hosts of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap, was going to join us today, and then she got detained at work. So she has agreed. But I don't want to make any promises because you never know how things happen. So tentatively, I'll say, tentatively next week, Taylor, myself, and Donna Sugars are going to sit down. And do a season-wide breakdown on the best lip sync for the season, Taylor? Or just all time? No, best lip sync, all time. Oh, we're going to do a all-time best lip syncs breakdown. That's coming out on Patreon this coming week as well. So, so much content still coming out, still happening over at Patreon. Make sure to join us. Go to patreon.com slash drag race recap and join at the one or two dollar level. Yes, that's once again, that's RuPaul's, that's patreon.com slash drag race recap. All right. Finally, Cameron, Eureka, and Aquaria faced off in a three-way battle for the crown. The song. You think I'd have that queued up? The song. Uh, here we. I'm not. We were just playing it before we started. I know. I know. I'm not editing this fucking show though. Here we go. The song. Oh, Bang Bang by Jesse J, Nicki Minaj, and Ariana Grande. In the end, Aquaria was crowned the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10 and America's Next Drag Superstar. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode and the season? Uh, this last lip sync was in many ways disappointing to me. <gasps> What are you it talking dis- about? Okay, it was disappointing because I-, I think of the three of them. Okay, how do I say? Okay, you have Eureka that's kind of walking around, stomping around, and doing doing what you would see drag queens doing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you would go to any bar on any random Saturday night, and then you had Cameron and Aquaria. That just seem to be, we're just going to do these weird, like, spastic, epileptic, like, just, like, flipping around. And we're not really, we're not really, like, like, Aquaria looks crazy. And I get that she had, like, the one thing where the one spark came out of her finger when they first started. And, you know, she kind of had that, she had that moment where she was shooting off the party things where, like, there was glitter, or not glitter, but, like, confetti and everything everywhere. I, it just it felt it felt very similar to the butterfly thing. Only her stuff actually flew in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cameron's, you know, Cameron took off the dress, but she was doing like I mean, she was just doing like kind of the same flips, and everybody seemed to be doing the same thing they were always doing. But we're just going to keep doing it over and over and over again yeah. to try to get attention. And it just did not feel it, it, it was it was a letdown compared to some of the other. You know, this year has had some stellar lip syncs this season mm-hmm. and i just felt like for the final one it could have been better when i think last year to peppermint versus sasha and i remember saying last year having watched that when sasha did the whitney Houston song she told a story with her face the whole time she was performing she was in that big white dress and she kind of took the mask off 
And then the whole thing was just where she went from this, I see you with the, it's not right, it's okay. But by the end, she was this like victorious and a little crazy, you know, scorned partner. This just felt like we're going to do death traps and backflips and splits. And we're going to do that weird bounce, you know, coochie cooter slam across the floor. Like, like the whole thing just felt very like, okay, this is all shit we've seen before. Show me something different. Show me something I haven't seen. And so in that regards, I was, I was like, it felt very underwhelming. I fucking loved it. I loved it. Do you love it as much watching it on TV as you did when you were in the I don't know, because I think theater. the TV just reminded me of my memories, you know? But it was so fucking exhilarating being there when Aquaria shot the confetti right on the beat with the... You know, the, the I will say the, the sparkles at the beginning played better on stage than did on TV. It seemed much more sparkly and less firecrackery on... Uh, on stage than it did on TV. TV seemed more like cheap firecrackers. What I saw was more magical. Um, mm. I couldn't take my eyes off Aquaria the whole time. I thought she just crushed it when I was there. Uh, Eureka just seemed to be doing the same tricks she had done already, and that we and then she what, 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 when she did the double chante with Cameron. I feel I, I feel we've just seen that lip sync three times, but with Cameron, I feel we've seen that lip sync five times or six times. You know? Yeah. So go ahead. I guess part of it may be that the reason why you couldn't take your eyes off of Aquaria is that because you have, she never lip synced all season, unless it was one of the, you know, like the share the rusical or whatever that she never. So, so this was something new to look at compared to Cameron, who we saw multiple times and Eureka, who we saw multiple times as well. And they were just giving us the same old, same old. I don't know if I buy into that because in the first lip sync of Aquaria versus Eureka, I couldn't take my eyes off of Eureka. So, and I had never seen Aquarius lip sync at all before that. Um, mm-hmm. There was just something about this lip sync, and I loved that song. And I was just getting my life from that lip sync. I loved it. I was ignoring Cameron because I find Cameron boring in all possible ways. But Eureka and Aquaria, I, would, I didn't even know where to look with the two of them. I wanted to look at Eureka. I wanted to look at Cameron. I mean, I mean, at, at Aquaria. And it was just exhilarating. And then that, again, I'm having memories of being there live. I loved it. And and then again, like I told you, after that lip sync that they were chanting Eureka, after Bang Bang, the theater was chanting Aquaria. Really? Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, any final thoughts on the episode and the season? Anything, Taylor? Have we covered it all? We're about because we're about we're going to close it up, Taylor. This is the last. Yeah. This is the last uh, you're going to have to say. Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, well, any- I, I, go ahead. I'm trying to think of any more finale tea that's worth telling right now. Like, I have a ton of finale tea. Now, not that I'm saving it for Patreon. It's just Patreon is a, is a place that there's more breathing room. And I can actually talk to Evan about it, who was there. Uh, maybe oh. Evan were here. Mm-hmm. Well, Evan no. was there. Well, what I'm saying... Well, look, don't blame me. Fuck blame my p- drag, right? <laughs> fuck your cancer. Blame your cancer. Don't blame fuck me. Fuck my cancer, right? Yeah. And um and so like I'm trying to think of like is it worth talking about the YouTube stars we saw there? No. Is it no. worth it talking about um like RuPaul did this fierce? It was one of my favorite things is when RuPaul is just sort of chatting with the audience. She was in a really good mood and they were reset. Oh, I want I wanted to talk about again for this lip sync to show you that it wasn't uh 
rig that they were going to always do three people in lip sync. They they spent a, a considerable amount of time having to reblock uh, when RuPaul does the um, you know like assume the position part with the three of them. Uh, mm-hmm. They had to have uh, people come out and reblock the girls because the girls didn't know where to go or where to stand or where to walk, and so they had to reblock it and had to do all that for the cameras and move things around. So like this was not planned. This was this was something that was done decided there on, during the show. Now, do I think they deserved a double chante? No, but that being that it was decided like we can save this episode and have a three way lip sync. But do you think also that part of that might have been the you know the stink that Aquaria put up as far as the you know you've never done more than one double save in a season. So this was kind of a way, that, you know, th- this was the added bonus. This not that she did it because of this reason, but the added bonus was this was kind of a way for RuPaul to say anything can happen. There could be more than one double elimination, especially during a finale versus during a season. Because if anything, it would be easier because of the number of episodes they have to produce. It would be easier to do a double double save at a finale unless they were to go and eliminate two girls in a future episode of a season, if they did two double saves. No, I don't think they think that far in advance. I'm telling you right now, there was a sense, there was a, a pallor in the room after Asia and Cameron. I think it was something that was decided right there. I don't think they were sitting there thinking like, and we're going to show Aquaria. Like, I think they were like, how no, do we I save don't this think episode? it was a, I'll teach that bitch. I don't think it was that, but I think it was just, there might've been a wink and a nod to it. I don't know. That was kind of my, that was, you know, I, I watched the show with you know the equivalent of the 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 cork board behind the tv with all of the pieces of yarn with pictures of various drag queens and and you know carson and rue and and songs and all that kind of stuff so i mean i I watch it sometimes and i get a little in my head by the way yeah and i'm normally a fan something else that i want to add about this finale michelle visage's makeup was horrible she looked like somebody punched her in the face. She had two black eyes. It was not her best look. You know, one of the things that Evan was gagged by was, and this is where it shows you like TV makeup is different from regular makeup, is, mm-hmm. you know, we were in the VIP area. So the whole first orchestra level was VIP. And there was a bar and a, a lobby. And you could, just, like, literally when Evan and I were walking around, we're walking around, we could have just walked up to anybody that was there and just talked to them. Mm-hmm. And there was a part where just Michelle Visage was just standing there for us right for us to go talk to and evan was just staring at her but like her makeup looked great in person but i see what you're talking about yeah it looked rough in the on tv yeah i have i have something we can talk about taylor what did you think of sasha velour's look i fucking loved it it was uh, everything it was not violet tchotchke's look from when she came back Mm-hmm. But it was damn, damn close to it. I, I, everything I love everything about Sasha Valor, mm-hmm. and I have learned to really, really appreciate her even more over her year. And just I was not expecting that because I had seen that she had the she was kind of wearing like the 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 blue blouse, like a teal aquamarine blouse mm-hmm. with a peasant pheasant on it with a big feather. So I was expecting that when she came out, cause I'd seen that from when she walked to the runway going into the finale. So when that curtain went up and she was in that alien princess with the snake around her holding the apple. Oh my God. It was so, it gave me fucking life. It was awesome. Yeah. Evan sort of freaked out next to me and like grabbed me and like dug his nails into me when, uh, when that moment happened, it was so funny. Well, okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. 
speaking speaking of moments like that where you just go nuts, mm-hmm. you said that every year when Rue comes out, you tear up. Yeah. Did you tear up this year? No, because I was busy staring at Evan waiting to see if he would tear up, and he didn't tear up. Okay. Yeah, no tears this year. But even though it's so funny, I think she won. I think she did one of her best entrances ever. Any other thoughts on this episode? Any other thoughts on the season? Have all thoughts been shared? Taylor the Latte Boy. Um, one final thought or thanks was for everybody that has has sent me well wishes and 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 good thoughts and prayers and all that kind of stuff over the course of the season. I know that I wasn't here as much for my sister in drag over there. Um, I'm glad Evan was there to to pitch hit pitch hit. Uh, but just thank you for everybody. And it was an enjoyable season. I, I definitely, I liked it. I, is it my favorite season? No, but there was enough gag worthy looks, great lip syncs. Challenges were better than previous seasons. Um, they still need to work on the many challenges, but, uh, all in all an enjoyable, enjoyable season this year. All right. Very good. Well, that concludes this season of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. Be sure to join us again when we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct a brand new season of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy, Evan Ayers, and myself, sashay away until when? Season 11? I don't know. Who knows? Just sashay away. Sashay away. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance, that's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 